Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Kennedy, and I'm here to help you become the very best version of yourself. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. Today I'm joined by fellow trainer and coach here in Melbourne, Jeremy Gleason. Jeremy is an extremely knowledgeable um, individual. He's helped so many people achieve their health and fitness goals, but at the same time, he practices what he preaches, um, and I really like the way he goes about things and love his content. I just love the fact that he's out there to add value and help as many people as he can. So I'm joined by Jeremy on the show today. We have a really great conversation around all things to do with health and fitness, whether it be nutrition, training performance, how to overload during lockdown, the way that Jeremy communicates with his clients to make sure they're seeing their results. He's also the founder of the Sweat Lift Method, which we'll touch on in today's episode as well. I'll have a link to all of Jeremy's socials in the show notes so you guys can go and give him a follow as well. Big thank you to him for joining me on this episode and I hope you guys take a lot of value away from our conversation. If you do, I'd love for you to take a screenshot of this episode on your phone, post it up on your Instagram story for me, tag myself, tag Jeremy as well. Again, we'd love to hear your feedback and hope you enjoy the show. Jeremy, welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast, man. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you on. We've just had a, a nice little chat before we hit record, so I think this one's going to be uh, a cracker. So thanks for joining me, man. Uh, it's a pleasure, mate. I've uh, been watching you from afar. Well, um, congratulations on the podcast and I uh, feel privileged to be on. No, my absolute pleasure and congratulations on all, all the um, the work you're putting in lately and, and the success you're seeing with the business and with the clients you're working with, man. And like I said, I reckon it's always good when you kind of get two like-minded people together just to have a conversation and see what comes out of it. I always, I always actually say to clients and friends, um, you know, sometimes I wish I just had like, as creepy as it sounds, just like a voice recorder with me at all times to record like half the conversations that I have because it's, it's the shit that people want to hear, like the conversations that you think are just between two people is often like the best shit that comes out and I just sometimes wish I had it recorded so hopefully we get some good shit today. Yeah, I think um, like on that, um, as a coach, like you probably just obsess over coaching or fitness all the time and so sometimes I like think gee there's no one else that's on my wavelength I'm always like yeah. going to sleep thinking about fitness wake up do fitness so it's like it's somehow just, somehow every conversation ends up tying back into something to do with the gym yeah. or eating or eating well or something <laughs> and um, I wanted to ask you to start off like obviously for those that, that follow your content and um, for anyone listening I'll have the links to Jeremy's stuff in the in the show notes below, but anyone that follows your content um, sees the way you train now and, and you know, your physique and, and your philosophy around um, training in particular, how has that evolved like over the years, you know, went from since you first started in, in the, the industry or even just getting in the gym yourself to, to better yourself physically and mentally, how has your whole philosophy on training changed over the years to, to be at the point where it is now? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. Um, it's, it's changed quite a bit. Like I, um, early days like I don't know you're probably similar like as a young teenager um just wanting to put on some size <laughs> um and I just I just love I'm still there I'm still there <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think you're very modest um I think uh yeah you just sort of I got the bug early like and I think um I think it was great in some respects but then also like I think mentally I probably was almost too obsessive to the point where it took over my life like a little bit too much. So yep. um, around that time, I was I was sort of trying to beat myself up in a way. Like I was yeah. just, it was good because I was able to put in the time. And as you would know, like 
there is a certain foundation that you sort of need to get some the results that you're looking for a lot of the time. So you've got to be able to put in the work. But I think, um, yeah, early days, it was much like just trial and error. Like it was just sort of, <laughs> I was a sponge to all types of training. And um, yeah. there was a big focus around performance as well. And actually, I think that's one problem with when I think about it, um, our sort of, I guess, society, there isn't probably enough. And I guess that's why we come in and the importance of like our role, but there isn't enough importance placed on health and fitness, particularly from a strength and conditioning point of view um, in just the education system. It's either like you rock up and you do the beep test or yeah. you, play, you play, you play a sport. And then that's sort of the relationship you have with, with fitness. And if you're yeah. not good at and if you're not good at any of that, then it's sort of like, it's not for you in a sense. Mm-hmm. But um, I think, I think I, over the years, have slowly... I mean, I have, I have been through my own sort of injuries as well, which yeah. at the time was pretty bad, but it's also made me stronger for it and more, like, aware of yeah. my body, so... Were any of those uh, injuries, like, do you think, from a lack of development from the physical point of view? Like, I mean, uh, I'll use myself as an example. Early days, like, I, I was doing... It's very similar to you. I mean, it's funny how... I speak to so many people that are in the industry that have a very similar story in terms of just fucking trying anything and everything, making all the mistakes, going way too hard. Um, and, and eventually you kind of come around to a point where you start to learn from, from reliable information sources and stuff like that. And it all starts to make sense. But you know, I was training my ass off, but like to be perfectly honest, like not doing the right shit, particularly for my lower body. So, you know, my whole, thing was to to improve performance and as an athlete and whatnot but a lot of I just wasn't doing the right shit um and you know that's where things like soft tissue injuries and hamstring injuries and all that type of shit come about so was that was there a turning point with any of those injuries that did lead you (laughs) to like it just honestly it sounds like talking into a mirror right now because I think there was there's a big difference in the way that I was training and like I wanted to perform as an athlete as well yeah and um Oh, I was training just the muscles that I could see in the mirror. Like there was no, there was no posterior chain. There was no legs. Like there was, yeah. um, and it was also, there was no understanding of like a proper training load, like, yeah. or, um, so I was literally, yeah, just, just beating myself up. And it, it did take me some, some bad sort of stress fractures and hamstring in- injuries and all that to sort of literally just slow me down and go, hang on, like you don't need to, I, I think in my head, I thought that I needed to do this. Yeah, fit, fit, fitness is so much about this every day. Like, mm-hmm. so um, I think that's probably how my my approach has changed over the years. And the more educated that I've got, um, I've started to realise that there is a there is an approach that you don't have to like. As much as I loved it at the time, I was also in the in the back of my head. I was like, I can't sustain this. Like, I was training twice yeah. a day, multiple hours. Like, yeah. eating like eating like a Nazi. Like, it was sort of like. There is another way. There has to be another way, you know? Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, before we get stuck into today's episode, I want to thank the major sponsor of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast, Unify Health Supplements. Unify have the highest quality ingredients on the market along with the best tasting products. You guys can head to unifyactive.com and use the code DJK10 to get 10% off all products on the website. So that's DJK10 at unifyactive.com to save 10% on all products with Unify Health Supplements. Let's get stuck into the show. I think, yeah, I had a very similar experience in terms of it, you almost get to the point where you wear it like as a badge of honor. You're like, fuck, I am working harder than anyone else. And like if I do the most outrageous shit, there's no way that I'm not going to see results. And until you, like you said, you get to this point where you're like, fuck, 
if I just put in some really good quality work, like just enough to see results and I keep doing that consistently over time, I'm going to see far better results, enjoy it a shitload more. It's going to be a lot more sustainable. And uh, it kind of brings you on to this next topic, which, which kind of aligns perfectly. I think that's a problem with a lot of people today. Just, you know, your average Joe that comes in to see you or I and wants to see results is they think that in, it requires like cardio every day, like training twice a day, cutting out all the food that you love the most, like just running yourself into the ground and the, the association mentally with losing fat is just negative. It's like, fuck, I can't wait till this is over so I can go back to normal. Whereas it really doesn't have to be that way. So like aside from the training um, aspect, what do, you, what do you kind of see now when you have a potential client come to you that really sticks out to you that, that is like a, a, such an easy change that you wish more people knew? Yeah, I honestly think that that, that is, like you've hit the nail on the head there and this is something that I advocate to all my clients and it's just about being 1% better because a lot of people, and I'm sure you're the same, will come to you and think, oh, okay, I'm going to give fitness a crack. So I'm going to have no life now. Like, yeah. And it's sort of like they, they think that... It's an honour honor and off switch. Yeah, like they think, you know, oh, okay, I need to go really hard with my training. I need to go on this juice cleanse diet. I need to you know, sacrifice my social life. I need to like, to, to give like some perspective in terms of like being a professional athlete at the high, the top of your game, there is some sacrifice that needs to happen. But yeah. for the majority of people in terms of general population, like just being able to move the needle a little bit in like the four pillars that I call them the, the four pillars in your, in your life in terms of training. Let's, let's make sure you're in a program that actually you're able to not only adhere to, but buy into. So make it sustainable. And for a lot of people, it's three times a week. Like yeah. if you can hit it, if you can hit your strength training three times a week, that's going to be so much more beneficial for you than smashing yourself on a treadmill every day and hating it. Like, um, and then in terms of nutrition, just having awareness of what's going in and out of your body. I think a lot of people just, just don't have an awareness like they don't actually know what they're putting into their body as soon as like even if you just get people to write down what they're eating and having a look at like <laughs> what they're putting in their mouth like, yeah sometimes it only sometimes it only it takes like a little change here and a little change there like consistently over a you know a long period of time i think that's the other message as well um the whole get quick fit scheme sells well because it sounds like it sounds good like you know i want to get yeah. results now i want to get results fast but it's not very sexy for you and I to say, Hey, just make these small changes over six months and you'll be where you, where you want to be. Like, um, so I think that's probably one thing that I advocate to my clients in terms of buying into a lifestyle approach. You don't need to tick all the boxes straight away. It's yeah. about making little changes and being, being prepared to be, I guess, just ready for the journey. Like enjoy mm -hmm. the process. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. I reckon, I can't remember what the saying is and, and fucking I'm the worst at saying, so I'll 100% fuck this up. But it's like, it's like the, so, so many people have the, the opposite uh, mindset around what it actually is. So they think that 80% of what they do is, is giving them the results. But in actual fact, it's like 20% of what you do gives you 80% of the results if it's done correctly. And like, like I mentioned before, it's like people have this on and off switch. It's, and that's the difficult thing for people like yourself yourself and i is that like the quick the quick get get fit quick schemes sell but they're just not sustainable so it's it's for you and i it's about trying to find a way to as you said get people to buy in 
to provide something that's that's exciting enough for people to jump on board from a business perspective um, to a point where you can kind of scale it, but also stick to, you know, like what our kind of values and, and I guess morals are around training and nutrition, making sure you're not just purely doing it just to, to make a quick dollar and, and giving people mm. shitty, shitty advice. In terms yeah, of I think, that... I think on that, before you, go, before you go on, I'll, yeah. just, I'll just further that in saying that like one thing that I often say, because you have a lot of people that come to you and go, you know, I want to do this or I've tried this or whatever. And, I, and like, they'll ask you, I don't know, if you have someone that wants to challenge that approach, you often, I often just say like, if you're not, like, if you're going to do something for two weeks, like, if you, sorry, if you're not going to do it for a year, why do it for two weeks? So if it's like, a, yep. for example, if it's a juice cleanse for two weeks, like, yeah. you know that you can't maintain that for 12 weeks or, but that also goes with your training. I think obviously we advocate, you know, a similar uh, style of training because it works, you know, like to prioritize strength training, um, mm-hmm. to improve, you know, lean body composition. I think that also isn't for everyone. So it's about talking to your prospective client or whoever it may be and go, let's find out what you enjoy. Let's work out what you can adhere to. It doesn't need to be, you know, some secret source or, you know, it just yeah, needs yeah. to be something that can fit into your lifestyle everywhere. Yeah. So, yeah. and there is, you know, a lot more than one way to skin a cat. So, increasing that lean muscle mass you know for someone like yourself it might be getting in the gym and doing your big lifts and and you know maybe crossing more towards you know after the performance stuff crossing more over towards a a hypertrophy bodybuilding type style of training because it might be something that you or i enjoy whereas for someone else and like you said it could just they might fucking hate that and i talk about this a lot particularly with exercise in the gym like the amount of people that hate squats but rock up every week and do them or half-ass them and sit there at work all day thinking about how shit their squats are going to be. Like there's a lot more exercise you can throw in to create the same movement and provide the same stimulus that that's not a squat. How do you, like what's your approach with a, with a client early days to help them try and buy in? So I think, I think it'd be fair to say most trainers have experienced um, certain clients who, who rock up and have their own idea of how it's all going to work. And when it, when it doesn't align with what they're used to, it's, it's very, it can be very hard to get them to buy in. Um, to your approach like what what's your approach with a new client to to get them to mentally buy into the process and not the quick fix yeah i think for me um in my experience like it's about creating small wins from the get-go so and that'll look different for everyone so it's about understanding who the client is and like meeting them at their level so firstly I'll, i'll i'll get to know the client first and sometimes that can be hard like it might take a month to understand someone like some people are really good at opening up and giving you a good depiction of sort of what their fitness journey has been like but the quicker you can understand the client um yeah the better you can start to create small wins for them and and that'll be different depending on who it is like if it's someone who's starting out just um just getting that post-workout feeling is like a is a great small win for them like that that sort of moves the needle for them in terms of um feeling like they're already seeing progress for someone who is an elite athlete, it might be introducing them to a new style of training or um, creating a new challenge or um, all that sort of thing. So I think early days, it's about creating wins. And then once I do that, um, in terms of instilling motivation and creating buy-in, it's about reverse engineering back from a key goal. So trying to work out, like, I think for a while there, early in my career, when I was but I probably didn't know what I was doing as much. And I, I was probably thought my head was like this and, you know, I had all the answers. I think, um, I think I was just sort of pissing in the wind a little bit and just making it up as I was going along. But then yeah. 
the more confident, the more educated that I become, I'll make sure that I'll sit down with each client and work out what's what's the goal here. It doesn't necessarily that doesn't necessarily need to be the focus. And what I often do with, in fact, I'll, I'll give the example of the summer challenge I'm doing at the moment. So everyone might have an end goal, but it's more it's more than the end goal. It's like who do we get to become while achieving the goal? And then mm-hmm. it's like it's like that is it ends up being the more exciting and the more important part. And I'll get sometimes, well, this is what I've done with this challenge. Everyone has to write a letter to themselves that they'll open at the end yep. of the person that they want to be. So reading yep. that letter is like the, I guess, the reward in terms of like, hey, like I'm here, regardless if I've got the goal or not, I've actually turned into this type of person. Yep. Um, so I think, I think for me, yeah, it probably comes down to those two things, just creating small wins and then being able to, reverse engineer back from who who we want to be throughout the process yeah and then that can create like what i've found in terms of just buying every day like because some some days like you know are going to be hard and some days are going to be good some like progress isn't linear like you're going to have some days we actually go backwards but what you can control is the person you can you get to be each day and that's a really rewarding experience so yeah shit yeah i love that you mentioned a good uh, a good point there in terms of really understanding the client, and that's something that that I've definitely gotten better with over time as well. I'm sure you're the same. It's uh, in the end of the day, it's kind of very similar to coaching a, a, a team of athletes, particularly when you've got a bunch of clients. It's like you can't go in expecting everyone to respond the same way. Um, you know, I was watching. Um, fuck, what was I watching yesterday? It was the the um, special that I think Australian Story did on Luke Longley. Um, because he kind of got cut out of the the last dance doco with MJ, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Phil Jackson was talking about how, like, with Longley, he he's not the type of guy you can walk up to and just just demand orders at and expect him to be able to go out there and do it and take it well. Like, he had to figure out specific ways how to communicate with each each athlete um, in a way that they're going to respond best. And I think with with the world of health and fitness, is exactly the same. It's like you know, getting getting clients to focus on specific goals each week. It might be you know, obviously the idea is for them to adhere to their training and nutrition 100%, but it might be going into this week saying, all right, I just want you to focus on drinking enough water every day. And like in their mind, that creates momentum because they get to Sunday night and they go, fuck yeah, I've ticked off the water every week, every day this week. So now they start to stack those habits as the time goes on and, and you can get a much better response. So it's going, here's this shit, do it all. And, uh, <laughs> and you'll see results, I promise. It just doesn't exactly work like that. Um, yeah, I think the, you're the right. Communication like side thing is important. Well, that's like where I found, um, I guess, a real challenge recently and quite great pride in terms of getting better as a coach, just understanding people and being able to communicate to, like, because for a while there, I was like, oh, my perfect client is A and I only want to train A. Mm -hmm. Um, But now, now, like, it's about, hang on, I actually, I like the challenge of being able to take on anyone and, like, Mm -hmm. trying to move the needle for them. I'm sure you're the same. So, um, and it's something that you can take, take beyond coaching into other aspects of your life as well so yeah how have you approached the motivation side of things um i think it's fair to say everyone over the past 18 months or so has struggled <laughs> at some point with motivation probably a lot of people more so than others but um uh i don't think there was literally there's literally anyone that i know that at, at some point hasn't kind of been lacking motivation um and i guess the desire to to do what they know they need to do so on the days where you wake up and you just can't be bothered or um, sick of lockdown or you get let a little bit of negativity get get inside your head, like 
what's your approach to making sure that the job still gets done and that you can bring yourself back on track? Yeah, I think on that, like, I've, <laughs> I'm definitely someone who's, yeah, wavered in their motivation recently. And, like, a lot of people will probably look to us as coaches and go, oh, you should always be motivated. Like, yeah. that's your job. But we're only human. Um, I think I've worked really hard at um, my habits, like, in terms yeah. of – and that's something that I think came actually quite naturally getting into the gym as, like, like early days – um, and the more I reflect, the more I realize that my life is just, I mean, I've actually got a quote right here. All people are the same. It's just their habits that differ. Um, it's from Confucius. And it was like something that just sort of rang true to me. So like on the days where I'm not feeling great, I know that I'll just accept it and go, okay, this is one of those days. And sometimes this, the, the sicko in me takes it as a challenge. I'm like, I just want to prove myself wrong here. And like, <laughs> If it's raining outside, I'm like, even though I'm not supposed to be running today, I'm just going to go for one anyway because <laughs> yeah. um, I like the challenge. But I think on that as well, the the habits that I've created and the habits that I encourage my my members and my clients to create in, in terms of all aspects of the health and fitness from training to nutrition to recovery to a balance and lifestyle and all of the above, I think once they start to create those habits in those areas of their lives, then they don't change so on days that you're feeling bad like they're still going to be there uh-huh. and what that can do is it can it can still set you up for a, for a little win it doesn't mean that you have to completely write your day off so it might mean that you know you might struggle a little bit more during your workout or this or that but at least at least everything that led up to that point has assisted you in some way and then on the days where motivation is high it's like the best day ever because like it all comes easy. There, it yeah. all comes really easy so yep. i think I think um, that's why my life is, I guess, I wouldn't say it's like a carbon copy each day, but there's certain, there's certain, I'm I'm sure you're the same in terms of winning the morning, in terms Uh of things that you do before starting a podcast, things that you do before training, things that you do before bed, like all these little things add up to create a foundation, which regardless of the environment will set you up for success. 100%. 100%. And what are, what are some of those, if you don't mind me asking, some of those like non-negotiables look like for you on a daily basis at the moment, like whether it is win in the morning or um, you know, prior to training or before bed, like what are some of the things that at the moment are just part of your daily habits? Yeah, so I will always start, I like to, I like to um, sort of label it as starting the morning on my term because I think it's really easy to get distracted by your phone or the TV or whatever might be going on next door or whatever. I don't know. But so I'll always start the day on my terms with uh, a stretch. I always start with a stretch in the morning um, and a little bit of breath work. Um, and then I'll read um, and I'll try and keep the reading as something that isn't involved with fitness, just so yeah. <laughs> having some sort of balance in my life. Um, and then, yeah, a, a cold shower and that usually just kickstarts, kickstarts my day. And then, and then I'll sit down and I'll work out, what actually needs to get done for the day. Um, yeah. And one of the things that's helped me recently is, um, and this is something that I learned from Ben Crow in terms of everyone's got a list. And sometimes like I'm the type of person that would get a bit overwhelmed by my list or it would get too long or I would set the bar too high. And I think uh, one thing that's helped me recently is being able to look at that list and um, labeling, labeling them as A, Bs and C. So A's are things that you should do and you're like, you have to get done that day. Sorry. Mm-hmm you must do <laughs> A's yeah. are things that you, and that you must do. So like 
non-negotiable. So that's why I'll try and start the day with those A's. Like, let's try and get some yeah. of the more challenging, most important tasks done first. Um, B's are the things you should do. So if you get all your A's done, then um, move to your B's and like, you know, then it, then you move to your C's after that, which are things that you could do. So it's not the end of the world if you don't get them done. Even if you don't get your B's and C's done, at least you got your A's done and then you can call it a day. Um, yeah. I think another thing that like, and something that I, I, w- I would call it a habit essentially that I work in 45 minute blocks. Like, I don't know what okay. it is, but yep. I like, I can't concentrate for, I don't know what it is longer than <laughs> sort of like an, an hour. So like, even if it's getting up for five minutes to, I don't know, walk around the block like, yep. and then I'll, and then I'll come back and I'll sit down and I'll do some more work. So I think that that helps me to keep a fresh mind. I'll also use, um, have you read, just, uh, have you seen any content by Brendan Burchard? I was just about to touch on that. So there's a, I learned a technique from him, from his book, um, the release meditation technique. Um, yeah, how good is it? Oh, like, so yeah, for anybody that um, doesn't know, it's basically, you know, you, everyone's got a million things to do and rather than just transitioning from one to the next without really thinking about it, like it's, it's about like, so for example, after this podcast, I've got some emails to do rather than just getting straight into them. I'll just close my eyes, say like, you don't necessarily have to say a release, but it's about just some deep breaths, like basically drop any tension that you've taken on from the task previously. And then before you open your eyes, you set the intention of how you want to attack the next, next task. And I use the example of one of my clients who's quite busy and, um, you know, quite a bit of responsibility in terms of business sense. And just that alone, like, has been, had a profound effect on his life because before he walks in the door to see his kids, he'll sit in his car, release any tension that he's had from work throughout the day and set the intention to be the father that he wants to be when he walks in. And let's not talk about, like, I mean, we can talk. We can sit here and talk about reps and sets and how do you get the best workout. Sometimes little things like that can actually move the needle more than, yeah. um, you know, the the perfect exercise if we like to call it one. You know, like <laughs> yeah, I think it, the the clarity side of things is just huge, and it's something that so many you know, I often talk about how so many of us are just on autopilot, and I catch myself in that same same mode like quite often particularly in lockdown because we're doing so many things in the same area and i found that the release technique super beneficial while i am doing everything you know recording a podcast training eating sleeping all the rest of it all in the same environment pretty much it's a game changer i think the, the biggest benefit i've seen with that release technique is particularly when it involves another person um you know i often when i'm explaining to people i use example of getting stuck in traffic or whatever and just fucking fuming in your car and then and then you're going in for a coffee with a mate or you're going into a business meeting or you're going to meet a client and you carry that negative energy and and you you would know this like when you're around people enough you get to a point where you can really you really feed off other people's energy and it's just a it just makes a world of difference when you can go in with that clear head and and intention of exactly what you you want to get out of there situation but also what you want the other person to to get out of it as well like i've found with clients it's like you know how do i want this it's, it's kind of you get into this mode where you're almost a bit selfish like you're just worried about how you feel but in the end of the day like for a client that's coming in you know paying us to to give them a service like we want to make sure that they feel incredible by the time they leave whereas if you're spending the whole time fucking worrying about a bill you've got to pay or an argument you've had with a friend or whatever that that 
that doesn't carry across into into the person that you're trying to help. So it's been a game changer. But that's, that's I think I think one thing like that I've and we'll, we'll stay on the bread and Burchard theme was um like one thing that ties really well in with that and that's helped me is knowing who needs your A game. So like it, yep. it works with the coaching really well. But um, <laughs> like just to your point, like if you've got someone at your coaching office, even even still, like if you're catching up with a mate for coffee, like they're there they're there for the friendship you know like so being being like fully immersed in that rather than actually worrying like you said about whatever's happened previously so just knowing like not only who you want to be in each instance or each like facet of your life but understanding how can i be my best version yeah that's the technique that's helped heaps have you read any of gabby bernstein's books no, but it's been recommended to me quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. The universe has your back is the the first one that I um that I I think it was that one. There's two that I've read from her. After um, I'll send you through a screenshot of the of both of them mm. after this. But that is awesome. Like slightly different um vibe compared to to Brendan's. But um, there's just so many useful techniques and stuff in in her books that that have just been um kind of game changers. In terms of um, in terms of nutrition, obviously yourself um, as an athlete as well as a coach, um, you know the importance of nutrition. But was that something that you always placed a big emphasis on? Um, and if not, what was I guess the turning point or or the realization of how important nutrition was for particularly like body composition results um, at any point? I think I was very fortunate at a young age to have parents that were always really healthy. So. Um, Oh, we never had junk in the house. Like, you know, eating takeout was um, a rarity, like a, on special occasions. So I think um, in terms of my, I guess, base level of knowledge around nutrition was just something that just felt normal. It wasn't something I had to work out straight away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I probably took that for granted a little bit. And it wasn't like probably until school where I realized like what other people were eating or you go around to your mate's place and you're like, God. And it actually my first relationship with food and understanding what good nutrition was, was like when I did like say go to to a mate's place or did go out and have like a, you know, eat pretty poorly for a period of time where you go out on holiday or something. And just the way that I felt afterwards, my body, my body was just always so used to like a pretty, a pretty well balanced, like good, like highly nutritious diet. So whenever I wavered in the other direction, I just hated the way it made me feel. And then on top of that, like, um yeah through through sport like we were educated pretty heavily on the importance of eating for performance and yeah. um i guess yeah treating your body like a race car like you wouldn't put shit petrol in it and i'm sure you've used that analogy before yeah but i think um that probably just laid the foundation for me and i and and because the training was there i think that did enough to sort of meet like the physique goals that i that i wanted and i think that's something yeah. that we touched on before like a lot of, for a lot of people it's just about improving one thing like and, and being consistent with it i think more recently um especially as i've um been working i guess in the industry now for about six or seven years obviously taking the time to educate myself more um on nutrition and more so how to deal with um other people's i guess habits and whatnot but i think um in, in terms of my approach now like it's it's very much about the majority of my diet is made up of, and I hate the word using the word diet for lack of a better word, but it's basically eating things that either have eyes or come from the earth. Um, and like, if you, if you're doing that 90% of the time, even 80% of the time, like you're in a really good place. Cause not only is it going to make like be highly 
like high quality and highly nutrition, nutritious. Um, but it's also going to keep you full for a long period of time. And I yep. think, um, and just being able to avoid labels when you can, like, don't get me wrong. Like I'm only human and there's certain foods that I love to eat and whatnot. And that's okay because oh. that's what keeps everything sustainable. And that's, from I guess keeping me sane and making sure that I live my life and go out for dinner from time to time I guess it's the old 80-20 rule but um, I think they're probably my two principles yeah eating things like majority of your diet from the earth or has eyes and then trying to avoid labels where you can and then obviously from a macronutrient profile like if you're actually serious about body composition um, training and like it's not for everyone but for those people that actually want to see real changes in their physique like being able to not only pair your training with a high protein diet because that's what's going to help build the muscle but um just just understand and that's what it comes down to just an awareness of what you're putting in your mouth i think for a lot of people like even understand like i had one girl who didn't even realize how much like olive oil she was cooking with and i'm like yeah how dense like in, in, in calories like you know like just being able to make small changes in habits with your cooking and that sort of thing so i think the way that i coach it is yeah quite I like to try and make it easy, like easily digestible for lack of a better word, but like being able to just have awareness around what you're eating. Like it doesn't need to be something that you, that needs to be super hard. Like it just needs to be something that fits into your, to your routine, like quite well. And, um, something that you can yeah, sustain all year round. That's awesome, man. Um, before we, uh, before we move, uh, on to wrapping wrapping up, I think, um, one of the biggest problems that a lot of people have had over the past, uh, you know, like I said, 18 months or however long it's been now since people have been in lockdowns is, um, is whether it be someone who's just a beginner, uh, but probably more so for people like yourself and, and, and those that have got a few years of experience of training, um, is being able to still overload and find ways to challenge themselves in some way or another, which is still aligned with whatever their current goal may be, whether it be building muscle, losing fat, improving performance, whatever it is. What are some of the ways, um, I don't know how much equipment and stuff you've had access to throughout this um, period, but what are some ways that yourself and, and you know, you've given to your clients um, to still be able to overload or still challenge yourself mm. in some way or another with the training um, without having the, the luxury of being able to use uh, heavy loads and machines and, and a big variety of equipment? Yeah, so I think, I think I'll start with... Um I guess people who are quite new to training, it's quite easy to overload because the majority of your progression is going to be simply just getting better at fitness. <laughs> so yeah. like, and what I mean by that is just like execution. So um, being able to, and like for a lot of people that I'm coaching at the moment who are starting quite out, like a lot of the dialogue and a lot of the coaching is, is about just getting better at the execution of certain movements so that it becomes more easier to, I guess, eventually add intensity from beyond that sort of foundation. Yeah. Um, I think for the people that have been training for a little bit and they're lacking, I guess they're a little bit lost in terms of like what you said, like, I don't know how to progress with only a pair of dumbbells here and I don't really have much. I've just got a few sets of dumbbells as well. Um, it's about, I'd say that the majority of my training at home is focused around a lot of time under tension and, 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 uh-huh. and, and, and manipulating, I guess, slow tempos and, um, sort of fast reps as well, like a combination of both. Yeah. Um, I think that's, I think that's one thing, like essentially for, for people that haven't trained with time under tension before, what, what it basically means is rather than letting gravity do the work, you're essentially trying to slow everything down, which, which is going to be a lot harder than 
just banging out 10 reps as fast as you can. Yeah. Um, I think on that as well, like people often forget how, um, I guess, how good the rest can be in terms of being able to manipulate that to see results. So a lot, a lot of people when they're training, probably just, especially if you're in the gym, you're either on your phone in between sets or, um, you might flicking through, yeah, Instagram, or you go and you, you you go and fill up your water bottle, and you're not quite like you're just worried about getting three sets done. Well, if you actually you actually watch the clock, yeah. and next week and next week you shave 15 seconds off, and then next week you shave another 15 seconds off. It's like, God, that can create some serious like progression and awesome gains. Like not only does does that like muscle burn kick in even more, but all of a sudden your heart rate comes up as well, and you're like, oh, hey, what's going on yeah. here? Like yeah. Um, so I think they're probably two. And, and lastly, volume as well, just in terms of the amount of yeah. sets and reps that you're getting in as well. Like, so I think there's, I think there's a lot of things that you can do and what it actually, what it actually does if you can stick to those three whilst we're in lockdown is when you, when you get back to the gym, it's like, it's like, oh, it's like a new form of progression that you haven't done in a while. So it can be really exciting to go back yeah. to, you know, something else. Plenty of different avenues. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, look, um, I do, like I said at the start, I do appreciate you jumping on, on the show today, man. It's, uh, it's been enjoyable. We're looking forward to hopefully we'll grab a coffee um, and get a session done at some point once things open back up again. But uh, keep doing all the good work, man. I mean, like I said before we, before we hit record, it looks like you know all your content and brand and everything is just um, doing exceptionally well and, and putting really good, valuable content out there. So I'll have the links to, to all your socials and whatnot in the, in the show notes below. Um, and make sure you guys check out um, Jeremy's podcast as well, which again, I'll have the link in the show notes, but um, man, appreciate your time. Uh, thanks so much for having me on board, mate. I look forward to uh, catching up for a session. <laughs> 100% man. And uh, for everyone who's tuned in, as I said, jump, uh, jump on board um, any of Jeremy's social media and whatnot. And um, we'd love for you to take a screenshot of this episode. If you've enjoyed the content, chuck it up on your Instagram story for us, tag myself, tag Jeremy. I've, uh, as I said, about 8,000 times. We'll have his uh, socials in the show notes. (laughs) And uh, big thank you for tuning in. Look forward to chatting to you again in the next episode.